Everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Pake. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show, You. Today we're covering episode four of season four, titled Hampsy. <laughs> made so I don't know much why more I said sense. it like that. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I, made totally, it was, I, I liked it. Um, <laughs> I know we were last week trying to figure out like, what an interesting title and now it makes sense um yes. as, to, as to what <laughs> what that was um that, mm-hmm. that country estate i was like okay it's it's a nickname for uh or also known as wayne manor right that's what it looked yeah. like in this, <laughs> this episode like country home uh, really um too bad they just killed vic off he could return home yeah uh. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Deep cut. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> oh, gosh. What did you think about this week's episode, Pake? I liked it. Um, yeah. It's... Yeah, it's become very clear, if, if, at least for now, they followed the formulas that we've had four episodes and we've had four murders. So, or four deaths. Um, <laughs> That's right. I didn't think of that. So, they're really... Are we going to just stick to somebody dies every episode? Um, maybe. Maybe. But, but yeah, uh, it's trucking along. I really liked how the murder mystery plot just keeps kind of thickening where they, you really start feeling like you have some clues on some people and you're like, you feel like you're figuring it out and then everything gets pulled out from under you again in different ways. So I like that. I'm putting a lot of faith in the show that it's going to be some kind of tasty twist and I'm going to not see anything coming. Like I, I've kind of gotten to a point now where once I think I've got it figured out and I know who it is or who it's not, then something changes. <laughs> right. I I agree with you. I, I did like this week's episode, but I do hope that they can keep things moving because we seem to get a little repetitious um, mm-hmm. with getting everyone in the same area and Joe's like forced to go hang out with them. Um, but I feel like it's still... Um, for now, interesting to learn some of these secrets and learn some of these things about uh, the folks in this group um, that, you know, give you clues or at least maybe, like you said, who you can eliminate. Because I still don't think I have a clue really as to who it is. Yeah. I know I still <laughs> I'm still not letting Joe off the hook entirely here, uh, but. If we're looking outside of Joe, I'm still, it's more of, well, I'm pretty sure I know who it's not. Yeah. So it's more learning things and seeing things that are allowing me to like, okay, well, I don't think it's it's you, but I don't know who it is really. So yeah, there's been some good stuff. We learned, we learned a lot this episode. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was pretty good. We're on episode four. There's one more to go in this, in this half. So. Um, you know, pretty soon, at least for a couple of days, we're going to be caught up with everyone else. Yeah, we don't we don't get to be in that position. Feeling. Yeah, we yeah. don't we don't get that very often. We were like that with Stranger Things for a very short little period of time. We kind of ran mm-hmm. right up into the last two that that were released. But yeah, this doesn't this is an odd feeling. We'll be caught up with everyone else pretty soon. Um, so well why don't we go ahead and jump into our top points this week um do you want to kick us off 
Sure. Uh, let's see. My first one. A short one. Quick. To the point. Uh, just Gemma is. Sorry. Was. Awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. That's. Yeah. That's. I just. Her character. Like we've seen her be pretty obnoxious. Or like hinting at like. Uh, she's the one that's going to say all the racist sex. Or not really sexist. But racist xenophobic terrible things uh and just whatever and and yeah no no exception for this episode um the first we really see her uh yeah she's talking to really at joe uh that's a good yeah good description (laughs) yeah good yeah which it was funny then because i think you talked about like somebody had edited like episodes to where like all the uh, inner dialogue was gone so it's just like silence from him and i'm kind of picturing that in this scene because i was like yeah the only dialogue from him was all in his head so he's just sitting there staring at her this entire time she's going on and on so then she's just like well lovely chat you know you forget oh yeah joe didn't actually open his mouth the entire time not one time yeah it's funny uh but yeah he had a great uh thing that he said in his head though i like that she goes so please try and have a sense of humor and he goes i will as soon as she starts being funny um (laughs) (laughs) god he's got some good one-liners i love his internal dialogue yeah but but yeah she's she's got to make a comment about the juice um her goner rona nobody had a worse 2020 than me uh, so yeah, Joe was very glad to have that torture end. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. And she just continues to be terrible throughout this episode. Uh, she's got the, the servers who's now she's using one of them as a croquet hoop, um, and sexually assaulting him and just verbally abusing him and, just just being awful and everybody else is going along with it except for kate and phoebe uh mm-hmm. which kate joe points out because he's got a thing for her obviously so he's gonna be like look at her she's so grand she won't stand for this i'm like well i mean this is phoebe's place and she still keeps inviting Gemma, so she's not 100 percent innocent but also you can tell every time these kind of things from Gemma come out phoebe's like Oh God, here we go again. Mm-hmm. You know, you see that look on her face like, why do I keep bringing her back? This is not good. Because those are her, uh, like, staff. That's Those are people that work for Phoebe. And so it's not exactly. a great look to have your guests come over and you just allow her to treat them like that. Yeah. But so, and then she just tends to leave when things like that happen. She's so she kind of looks the other way. So she's not innocent and it, like, she should uh, say something more than just ignore it and you can tell she's bothered by it but she could do more uh <laughs> agreed and yeah so she's just harassing the workers in the back at the dinner she's saying terrible things she's still like smacking him on the butt as he walks by after he drops off the wine and then kind of the end is like it's like hashtag Gemma sucks right um <laughs> yes. she's sitting there just making fun of quote unquote the pores uh right in front of the entire staff that's serving them just just like oh they probably just hate us because we have all this money and everything we have they you know if we gave them a drink of our wine it would just taste bitter with all the you know hatred that they have for us and all this stuff I was like what are you they're right 
there in the room and you have no care at all and blessings not any better with poverty consciousness makes them remain poor uh, okay mm-hmm. okay okay I'm, I'm at that point i'm with joe i'm like yeah just drop the bomb drop a bomb place. on the, just, on the house. just go yeah <laughs> it's it's a lost cause <laughs> mm-hmm. just just yeah it's done so yeah i'm just gonna point out Gemma's horridness throughout this entire episode to where you know our little cliffhanger at the end of the episode is more kind of a different point, but uh, makes you feel not so bad about it, at least. You're like, okay. Then you're like, plenty of people have reason to, uh, you know, have motive in that situation. So again, I think talking I about, motive. you think you things have, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I was saying, I, I feel like once this, you think you have things figured out, it's going to switch on you. So I think the setup at the end where we think it's Kate. I don't think so. There's plenty of other people that have motive on Gemma. <laughs> mm-hmm. Agreed. I, well, first let me just add to what you said, because uh, that is also my, my first point as well. Um, I actually titled it uh, team eat the rich killer. That's kind of. <laughs> I'm like, you know what, Joe? Just, just let him go. Just <laughs> let him run yeah. loose. It's fine. Uh, I, I do, I do like Phoebe. I, I wish she. I guess it's not her personality type. I totally agree with you. I, I think that she's horrified by Gemma's behavior, especially like with her own staff, because uh, mm-hmm. Phoebe, I, I, she's definitely, I think, out of touch. But I don't think she's cruel or unkind. Right. Like a lot of them have shown themselves to be. But I do wish she would like step up and be like, hey, um, don't treat my staff like that, you know? Um, right. You know, so I, I wish that she would at least do that, not just stand there looking horrified. Um, and, I, and, and really, I wish all of them would, or at least Kate. I, I feel like the rest of them would because they're all laughing about it and going along with it. But Kate... You know, she is disgusted and walks away. But I'm like, well, you could just speak up. I mean, I don't know. Are you just really afraid that people aren't going to like you uh, or that the circle of friends aren't going to like you? If you've known each other all for so long, why can't you just say like, hey, knock it off? You know, you're being a jerk uh, or you're out of line or whatever. Um, But whatever. They they don't. They just, Mm -hmm. oh, that's just Gemma. She's awful. um, And just let it go. But I, I don't know who the the killer is as i mentioned when we were talking i i don't have a clue but i i'm rooting for him at this point because <laughs> Gemma is the freaking worst the way that she was treating the staff out the there when worst. they were <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's good <laughs> uh, but yeah like you like you called out the making that one person from the staff um, stand in for the croquet hoop because one of them had a fit and you know tossed it into that little pond um, next mm-hmm. to them uh, you know assaulting them at their at their dinner I mean they were it was completely dehumanizing you know yeah. and, and that's so wretched that I just it makes me sick and it's hard to watch week I mean this was probably the worst uh, that we've seen so far. We've seen some mm-hmm. bad behavior for sure in the way that they treat Joe. And yeah. it's, it's weird to stick up for Joe. Like, don't pick on Joe. <laughs> Not the, don't pick on the serial killer. 
Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I still have a, you know, I, I talked about it last week that, yes, I know Joe's a so- serial killer, but sometimes you forget all the bad things that he does because I found, especially in this episode, agreeing with so much of what he was saying, you know, yeah. um, in, in his in his monologue while he's having to interact with these people. So I kind of forget for a little bit, but I'm just like, you're you're so terrible to sit there and talk about him because he doesn't have the you know the money that that you do making fun of how he dresses um you know and just basically mocking him in general and then of course treating the servants like shit it's completely dehumanizing and it's disgusting you know to see it and it's makes me think even more of how much it happens like in real life mm-hmm. you know that there are people like that it's it's gross um so, yeah, I, I wasn't sorry to see her um, at the end. I have more to say about that, but she's a completely vile person. So that did not make me sad at all. I was just like, no. yeah, <laughs> go for it. You know, why wasn't it done sooner is yeah. all I can think of. Well, I know, because like on my first watch of the episode, you know, where Joe's running up there looking for Kate and he opens the door and then you see him kind of like, oh, no. And like at first I was like, if do do not tell me Kate is dead on the floor. Like I was like prepared for that i was like this is gonna be like... and then as soon as it reveals this gem i was like oh okay Whew, fine that's good that's yeah. okay oh, okay. <laughs> oh just Gemma. it's just her okay yeah. yes score one um but you know i wouldn't be so mad if it was rolled too because he's i've, I've lumped mm. him into this too as far as in their group i mean they're all pretty terrible um some worse than others but i think he's up there with Gemma too, the way that he was bullying Joe and I, I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll talk more about their scenes together, but he's, I think, terrible oh, yeah. too. Um acting so entitled. I still don't know very much about him because we met him kinda late, right? He didn't come in until like episode two or yeah. something. So we didn't really start off with him. So I'd and and I feel like we just got a little bit more information from him. You know, Joe's doing his usual Google um, searches mm-hmm. trying to find out all he can about um, the people, so he's definitely entitled. But I would I would lump him right up in there with Gemma because especially how he even turned on Kate at dinner, like he goes so far as to question her integrity, and I'm like, God, why are you like friends with these people? You know, like Rold, who claims to be such a longtime friend, knows more about you than anyone. Um, claims to have like feelings for you and wants to like protect you, but then calls you out at dinner and makes you look like a fool because you haven't told the full truth to like Joe or because Joe doesn't know who you really are and like calling her out for pretending to be someone she's not like, she's just, you know, lumped in with all of them. I'm like, you're a freaking jerk. And I just, ugh. yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm totally for if it wasn't for Joe having to like worry about being framed for their murders, because I, I kept thinking, I was like, why are you even here? Why don't you just let them kill all of them? <laughs> just <laughs> let him do his work and applaud him, you know, for his efforts. Um, but then I was like, oh, yeah, because he's like going to be framed for it or whatever um, or could be framed for it. And it would be suspicious because he's the new guy in the group. Right. Uh, yeah. Like Jim is like. Gemma did have a little bit of a point, like nobody started getting killed until you came into the <laughs> into the group, right? So it does make him look a little sus, but ugh, yeah, I'm just like, let, let them do their work. You'll figure it out, Joe. You'll get out of it somehow because these people are terrible. Um, so yeah, that was I'm, I'm right on the same page with you there. Um, that was my top point as well. Um, what's your next point? 
All right. Um, my next is again to uh, two more people. Um, you know, Joe's interaction with two other people out of this group. I've kind of lumped them together as a duo, as a couple. Adam and Phoebe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> the things we learn in this episode about the two of them and their relationship. Uh, so yeah, th- those were interesting things. Of course, first off, the first time we see Adam, I was like, oh god, he's one of those people, huh? He's very, oh, daddy will take care of it. He doesn't actually mean that he's not going to do it anymore. He will. I, you know, he's, so we learn he's actually in a lot of debt mm-hmm. from his lifestyle and his dad just keeps, you know, bailing him out and bankrolls everything. And he's actually in danger of losing the club. So we've learned, we're learning these things about Adam. Um, and then also just her or his relationship with Phoebe. As then we learn with Phoebe, um, as she's trying to get a little uh, something from Joe later on. Uh, <laughs> sex robot Marie Antoinette, as he refers to it. Uh, <laughs> no, um, with her penis candles made from <laughs> actual molds of her ex-boyfriend's dicks. Because, you know, that's that's not creepy at all. Honestly, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't hate the idea. I thought it was great. <laughs> I, she, uh, inspired me so i like that i thought it was great it's funny i, I like bb more and more as as i grow yeah. Know her. yeah uh and their conversation which even on my first watch i like had one of those moments where i like immediately spoke out loud to the screen uh where, where joe is kind of consoling phoebe after he stops what was going on mm-hmm. but he goes i was married once a long time ago. And I immediately went, eh, not that long uh, ago. <laughs> it wasn't that long. It wasn't Joe. that long, Joe. He lies to himself. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but he does uh, tell Phoebe that Adam does love her. He's trying to convince her and kind of console her there. Uh, and that Adam could just be distracted by any number of things. Um, it's, it's weird during that conversation, though, because Joe even is like, yeah, that's bullshit, but I got to tell her what she wants to hear. So he doesn't seem convinced himself, but it did remind me of in episode two, I believe it was uh, at the gallery, the whole egg thing between him and Adam. I was like, he does seem to be pretty crazy about her. Like he does seem pretty into her. He's just also into other things (laughs) as well. Um, He is. Yeah. And seems to be very distracted by his finance troubles maybe mm-hmm. as well you know, it sounds like he's got some things that are distracting him maybe from his relationship is what i was thinking of because i'm like i don't know he seems to be into her right yeah yeah it's like because the way that joe like in his inner monologue after saying this stuff to phoebe kind of made it seem like he was just bullshitting it but i was like no i think i think you're right like i think adam really does care for phoebe he's just yeah he's got a lot going on in a lot of different ways um, but then once again, Joe says the perfect thing to Phoebe. If only he could remember what it was the first time that he said. God, Still I'm has no idea what he said. <laughs> they're they're gonna wait till the end, right? Yeah. Oh. And and then so that's kind of his stuff with Phoebe. And then he has a moment with Adam as well, which again, those little things that they give you because you notice when Adam comes up to him, what's the first thing he says to him? You, <laughs> you. <laughs> it's like. Teasing us, teasing us. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love how the show uh, keeps playing on on the title like that. Yeah. Yeah, but then he tells him, you know, I think we need to get to know each other. Let's go get a real drink. And I'm like, 
I wonder if the thought also crossed your mind that Adams may be inviting Joe for a little uh, golden shower situation. <laughs> it's like Joe has to at least momentarily be like, oh, God, let's not do that. Please don't do that. Uh, but then he's also wondering if Adam is the killer because the last interaction he had with the killer, whoever it may be, if anybody else, uh, <laughs> was that we should meet. It's time to meet. So now he's here with no way of con- communicating with anybody else other than the note under the door, which is why he goes there thinking. And then also with Adam asking him to speak in private, he's like, could this be that moment? Is it time? Is it happening? Uh, but really, it's just Adam asking for marriage and relationship advice. Uh, <laughs> he has no idea. <laughs> Joe's not the greatest. To ask. But then, honestly, he doesn't even let Joe say anything. He comes up with his own conclusions on his own anyway. So, And then he's like, thanks for the therapy. You just listened while I worked out my own nonsense in my head. So I guess that's one way to, to ask for advice, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes Anytime just- Joe would be like... Well, maybe he had, and he's like, no, 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 you you know what? It's this. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, Joe, as usual, said very little out, like, out loud. He he had a lot of internal stuff going on, but the very little he said, you know, sometimes you just got to talk it out. You talk it out, and mm-hmm. then it just, you come up with it on your own. So I think that's yeah. what happened there with Adam, because, yeah, Joe was just yeah. like, you know, yep, mm-hmm. Well, you know, family's hard, and (laughs) (laughs) words of wisdom and all. (laughs) Right. Uh, So Joe has found his way in the middle of relationship issues between both of them on both ends, (laughs) where he's separately speaking to each of them, and he's not supposed to know or say anything to the other. Uh, So that's kind of where Joe fits in in that, and then we see the last we're left with that relationship in this episode is when Phoebe sees Adam as he's talking to the other guy there and, and telling this guy that they can't do whatever it is they were going to do. But to Phoebe, it doesn't look like that. It doesn't look that way. So that just kind of sucks for both of them. Miscommunication situation that I'm interested to see if that goes anywhere. If we get a big, Phoebe breaking up with Adam next week or something, or if we get like a fight or something, I don't know. But she seemed to, yeah, walk into something that wasn't what she thought it was, but kind of was, but yeah, misconstrued it. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, because that was a different guy than the one that we saw at the club. Right. So clearly Adam has a couple of, you know, other than what we saw, some other uh, things lined up on the side where he's kind of messing around. And I don't know, uh, Phoebe seems pretty open. I don't know why he doesn't just tell her or talk to her about it. Right. She seems a little, you know, into, you know, has some kinks of her own. I feel like she'd be open to hearing, you know, things that Adam are into and, you know, would you know, be okay with it or at least be willing to talk about it. But instead he's doing these things on the down low and makes it look Mm -hmm. really, really bad. And just like confirms her suspicions about how he's not into her. Yeah. So that's a shame. That was a bummer. I felt bad for her. Yeah. And did you think it was interesting? Because I'm like, why is everyone all of a sudden just like confessing to Joe? Like, (laughs) (laughs) Is is it because of um you know because and not to like 
rag on how he's dressed by any means, but he is dressing a lot differently than the rest of them. He's very con- <clears throat> dressing very conservatively. Um, and he kind of dresses like a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> I can see yeah, why. They're all just like, you're the one person who I don't have the closest personal connection with where I'm not like jeopardizing anything by telling my secrets. So somebody listen to me. <laughs> well, yeah, that. And I also thought, you know, sometimes how it's um, easier to open up to a stranger than it is like the people that know you. Oh, uh, yeah. And Joe is the new person in the circle. And I'm willing to bet a lot of them think that he's not going to be there for very long. Like, as soon as Phoebe, you know, loses her little, you know, like, oh, this is my new toy for the week, you know. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to come along with these trips with us and hang out with us. And then when I'm bored with you, you'll have to go away. Um, So they're probably assuming he's not going to be there for very long. And uh, probably seems safe to tell their secrets because he's not going to gossip with the rest of the group, right? Um, yeah. And tell. So, I mean, Adam doesn't want, I'm sure, everyone to know about his financial troubles. So, Joe probably seems like a safe person to kind of talk to about some of those things. But I just thought it was kind of interesting. I was like, why? Why is everybody just like <laughs> dumping all that on Joe? That right. was funny. So, yeah, really good point. Um, I felt really bad for Phoebe. Um, but I don't know. At the same time, I was like, oh, I don't know. You were getting ready to cheat on Adam. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> you were ready yeah. to hook up with Joe. <laughs> so, um, well, I, I have a feeling that, yeah, his mind's not in it and there might be somebody coming between us. So why don't you come over here and be somebody that comes between us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll just play this out and make it happen. Like for real. <clears throat> yeah. So I was like, well, Phoebe, you know, but I, I like her. I think she's, um, I think she's sweet. All right. Um, I wanted to talk about Rold, and I don't think I'm going to have a whole lot of insight here. I think I just have more questions because I'm still trying to figure him out. I know I don't like him. Um, and so I'm trying to figure out, based on what we learned, a little bit about his family uh, and how privileged and entitled he is, his history with Kate. Interesting to learn they both went to boarding school in the States. Yeah. I wonder if that means anything or will it will it mean anything maybe it won't but i find it interesting that they for some reason i'm thinking of all the boarding schools in europe they went Mm -hmm. to rhode island to a boarding school not not sure why so i don't know if that's going to mean something later or not that they both happen to be in the states and there's going to be something to cut back on that or not um but learning all that we did about the history um between those two and that Rold seems to to care for Kate and thinks that he needs to protect her, not only from like Malcolm and Simon. He's not making himself look like uh like he's not the killer, right? Like right. he definitely presented himself, you know, sh- sh- um pointing the gun at Joe the way that he did, getting him alone. Um and of course what he ends up doing later in his room, uh which was shocking. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Um <laughs> That was a a nice little twist. But why do you think he invited Joe for the weekend? Do you think it's just to, like, he wants to learn and get to know about Joe? Like, Kate seems to be so fascinated with him. He wants to get to know him and and feel him out, maybe? 
Yeah, I don't know. Either that or my other working theory unrolled. Um, which this seems so risky to do if this is what he was doing. You're putting all of your friends in danger. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this episode did a big job of uh, making us think that Rold was the killer. Mm-hmm. But then also there's a lot of other things to make me think he's definitely not, but he thinks that Joe is. Mm-hmm. And him and mm-hmm. Joe are playing the same game with each other, where they're trying to find out proof and, you know, confessions and stuff from each other to where I wonder if Rold had Joe come along because he had suspicions that like Gemma said, you know, nothing, none of this was happening until Joe showed up. So then, or Jonathan to him. So it was like, so if I invite him here, I can keep an eye on isolate him or, him. you know, yeah. isolate him and get something from him, find out. But then also you think this guy might be the murderer of all my friends. So let me invite him out to a secluded location with all my friends where there's no, <laughs> service anywhere and see what happens Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's true that's true yeah i guess it kind of goes into you know kind of feeling him out but i guess i thought i was thinking more of you know because he is picking up a vibe with joe or jonathan and kate um but yeah i i like that i like that too it's probably for both i think uh maybe he does have yeah, because I guess he kind of says that when he break when he finds uh, Joe in his room, right? Like thinking it was him. Um, so yeah, I like that. I don't know. I'm s- haven't quite figured that dude out yet. I I just I know right. I don't like him. Um, he's gonna have to prove himself to be a, a better person to win me over. <clears throat> but uh, for now, yeah. I don't like him and think he's just a douche. So. Anyway, that was really short and sweet. Honestly, I don't have too much to say other than I do think he's dangerous. Um, he doesn't make himself look to be like the golden boy, but I don't think he's the killer. Yeah. So anyway, uh, what's your next point? So yeah, that'll, that'll tie perfectly into one of mine that I have, oh, which because you know, last week I had Joe or no, so <laughs> this week I had... Rolled or no old. I tried. Um, <laughs> Applaud the effort. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, because it was that same thing, like I said a minute ago, where they really gave us a lot of clues. Like, it's it's rolled. He's the killer. He's the killer. But then also a lot of stuff like, but he's not. Not so. Keeping me on my toes. And I like that. Um, so Joe's speaking to him. Yeah, didn't your own vice president shoot someone in the face? I was like, man, you're really taking the political jabs all the way back to 2006. No uh, kidding. It's a little dated, but uh, a little bit. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, and then also he follows up that conversation or ends that conversation. I've always admired a man like you who doesn't care how he presents. Ouch! What a God. deeply cutting backhanded compliment, I right? No, uh, <laughs> it's awful. Uh, and there's like, yep, <laughs> be lots of hunting this weekend. Yeah, Joe's definitely planning on planning on doing some hunting. Uh, oh, but then yeah, we learn. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Have you hunted before? <laughs> oh, once or twice. <laughs> uh, you learn rolled, not Phoebe, but rolled that wanted Joe to be here, like you mentioned. Uh, so again, after seeing the whole episode, I don't think rolled's the killer, but it's one of the many things throughout. That points to the like, hmm, making you think, and you're building this case for him. Uh, the way that Kate calls Rold a sick man and you sicko straight to his face makes me think 
she either knows something about his creepy photos of her, like she's in on it or she knows and she's like, just lets him or whatever. But it also could be something else that we don't know about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe has more puzzle pieces in thinking why it's rolled. I think where we're at at the end of this episode, I think I'm led to believe it's not rolled, but I think Joe thinks it is still. I think he is number one suspect for Joe right now. Um, as he's putting all these pieces together, he has a thing for Kate. Uh, you know, you get Malcolm out of the way and you kill Simon for threatening her career. Mm-hmm. And now Joe's starting to get too close to her. So he's going to be coming after Joe next. And he's piecing all these things together, looking through his stuff. I will say I'm a little jealous of six-year-old Rold. Uh, because oh. what young child doesn't want a dinosaur named after them? That's kind of amazing. That <laughs> was pretty freaking cool. Yeah, that little twerp. Uh, yeah living the dream for that yeah that would be amazing (laughs) yeah no it was funny though joe calling him like a psycho just because he travels with his watch collection and his immaculately folded (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts and then he's looking through the camera he's like i know this neck and i'm like joe phrasing like (sighs) you know that's a creepy thing to say what are you (laughs) it's hilarious because um there's so much irony in well, the entire series, honestly, it's not just this yeah. um, season, but uh, in this episode anyway, when uh, he's calling out uh, the photos that Roald took of Kate and judging him for being obsessed. And I'm like, <laughs> hello, pot, <laughs> you know, <Right. laughs> <Me> kettle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and then going back out of the room when he hears people coming back in. Runs into Rold and Kate in the hallway. He's like, "Oh, you just missed a good swim." And he says he got caught up in some research. I was like, "Well, he's not lying. <laughs> That's exactly what he was doing." Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, he ends up going hunting with Rold. Except there's actually no hunting involved whatsoever at all. They're not hunting anything. They're just shooting at birds that are released out of cages right in front of them, which is Ugh, I hate it. Horrible. That. It's so stupid. Like, like I'm. Hey, I, I'm from Texas. I live in Texas. Got a very southern family. <laughs> in fact, just a couple nights ago, I had a bonfire party at my dad's house. We're shotgunning beers, listening to country music, dancing around the bonfire. You know, I I've, I can be country when I need to. But <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've got no problem with hunting when it's actual hunting, because like my family, that's what they do is you go hunting during right, you know, correct seasons, and you stock up the freezer out in the shop, and then you are sitting there making sausage and jerky and meats and things throughout the rest of the year. You use what you're doing. It's it's sustainable. You're like that's what you do. What they're doing here is not hunting. <laughs> no. no, it's gross. I I don't love, and I've I know it's anyone who's listened to us longer than five minutes knows I've said this repeatedly. I don't love watching any animals, you know, being, and I know they weren't really harmed. I get it. It's fiction, but hard to watch any animal death, but I'm with you. Yeah. This was not hunting. Um, that is just mm-hmm. purely for sport. I, well, I've called myself many times a hillbilly where I come from, uh, <laughs> and get a little bit country if I have to, too. Yeah. Um, it comes out yeah. group country and my family hunts too, but it's, it's exactly that. It's not for sport. It's well, it might be mm-hmm. a little bit for sport because they do. I think there is <laughs> that part of it too, but it is because you know it's actually used and every yeah. bit of it is used and not like wasted. And you yeah. know, the freezer's full for the winter with 
like you said, deer sausage and jerky mm-hmm. and it's, you know, the entire, you know, season. So, yep. yeah, I, I, I don't love it, but it's a way of life and it's how my family um, has, you know, fed themselves and fed me over the years. So it's hard to yeah. argue with it too much. But um, so, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't love that, but. I don't know what he was getting at with that, like pointing yeah. that gun at him. Yeah, that whole scene there, because then he gives what practically should be a confession is what it feels like. Uh, yeah. I feel like it's a misdirect, but it was quite seething and stabbing. I mean, he's, you know, says, you know, Malcolm was terrible for Kate. He was awful. And and Simon was just as bad leeching off of all of her talents. And it's lucky, you know, you know, it's lucky for her that they both wound up dead. And it's just like hang on what's you know mm-hmm. joe's even like are you confessing to me right now that you're the one that did it like that's what it sounds like yeah. and feels like and then we have rolled pointing his gun at joe and i kind of feel like he maybe would have shot him if Do kate didn't so? show up oh i feel like he might have and call I it an accident because, yeah it's a hunting accident which then makes that dick cheney reference that he makes way earlier much more ironic exactly you know? uh, um, it's curious why did he call that out like you said that's a very old like that's going yeah. back way back why why something kind of old and obscure like that um and then for this to happen where he points the gun at him like he's yeah. gonna claim it's an accident hmm. so i wonder and again my theory is because he Rold thinks Joe is the killer as much as Joe thinks Rold is. I think they're just like on each other's case right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe he would have. Uh, you know, Joe thinks Rold is his you, and I think Rold is the same way <laughs> for him. Uh, and he's maybe trying to save Kate from Joe, just as Joe thinks he's trying to save Kate maybe from Rold. So we've got this killer off. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Because then we have. Where Rold catches him snooping around in the room later, which he could have killed him when he swung. Oh, God, how clue is this? It was a candlestick that he swung at his head. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What's a murder mystery weekend? (laughs) Right. Uh, But uh, yeah, and then Rold accuses Joe of, did you kill Malcolm because you love Kate? Rold said it first. So then you're like, they're just in the same thought about each other. Maybe they're both wrong and they just think each other is. Uh, but then Rold does knock Joe out the window, which could have killed him. So oh, right. we know Rold is very capable of murder, at least. <laughs> that was very bold. Like, just mm-hmm. the epitome of, I can do whatever the hell I want, and there's not going to be any consequences for it. Like, you yeah. just push somebody out the freaking window, out of a second story window and it i mean i can't be- i mean i know it's tvs and joe is clearly not going to be like killed off right. at this point I, I i do wonder if that's where this the series eventually will end with joe dying but i don't think it's going to be in this moment um i mean he like dude you know uh, how freaking brazen you know to yeah. to to do that and just know that nothing's going to happen to you like he's just like whatever you know, I don't think he knew or I don't think he thought it was going to kill him, but just to know that he could assault him like that and really could have yeah. hurt him and no consequences. Douche. Right. Like 
next next episode what joe comes well i mean now they've got to deal with the dead Gemma situation so it'll probably just get kind of pushed under the rug <laughs> but like what would he expect joe gets up hobbles back into the house and like uh roll just pushed me out the window yeah, what, is, like, what are people gonna like respond to well, that if anybody like? heard me hit the hit the <laughs> bushes out there or not that that big thump that was me jeez <laughs> <laughs> So, do you think it's rolled, or is he on your I suspect don't. list? I don't. I think it's a big misdirect. I, I think I they gave us so many clues to to latch onto, so we're not paying attention to something else. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that leads me into my next point, um, because I'm like, okay, any new suspects this week? You know, based on you know some of these layers that we're peeling uh, and learning. Uh, you know, we've learned some secrets about Kate. We've learned a little bit more about Adam getting to know Roald a little bit more. Like you said, calling out all of these things that clearly point to him being, he is dangerous. He is definitely an ass. Uh, definitely had motive, you know, um, based on his history with Kate and him caring for her. But mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't see personally who in this friend group would care enough to to kill any of them right you know i feel like and i and i know i've and i still am not entirely off of my joe theory um that he is somehow even if even if you don't want to buy into the whole split personality thing um you know he could still be doing it unconsciously he's just maybe he's not aware of it whether or not you want to go to like a split personality kind of theory or not i I don't know. Um, but I feel like if it's not Joe, then it has to be someone that knows Joe, like someone from his past or something and someone messing with him. Because um, I just really am not getting how any of these rich people would give a crap about Joe or who he was or Jonathan, Joe, and like everything and, and be wanting to expose him. Like they, they just yeah. seem to not care about any anyone but the one did you notice who was missing this weekend though mm-hmm. so yeah cause they, they call it out yeah that, oh reese thinks he's better than us by not being here right so he he's not there um so could could it be him i know i've i've i know let it go that he's not made up because i actually did like call him out you know, uh, by not being there. So I'm like, okay, so they know he exists. Um, <laughs> and we had the funeral, so the people heard him talk. Um, okay, so throw that theory out the window. I knew it was kind of nutty, but I, it was fun. Fun fun to go there. It's fun. Yeah. Fun to go there for a couple episodes. They kind of led you there. They kind of led. And, and I was like, hey, that'd be fun. So I don't know. Um, I just don't think it's any of them. And if it was any of them, it could maybe be Reese. And I almost for a few minutes thought maybe even Kate, just for a couple of minutes, because I'm like, man, she really, like, she said that she hated Gemma. She thinks a lot of her friends are awful. She even seems to kind of hate herself. Like, she has mm-hmm. some self-loathing going on. Um because of where she comes from and who her father is, and she can't seem to escape it, um, and thinks that she's like him, which is ridiculous. So, could she have some weird, twisted, you know, even though she does come from money, 
even though she doesn't claim it, she's estranged from her father and sounds like she's not wanting to like live off of any of his money because of what he does to obtain it. Could she have some kind of sick, twisted, hating the rich because of who her father is and how awful he is? Um, I don't know. I don't think it is, but I feel like they they could almost go that way a little bit if that's what yeah. they wanted to do. But I'm just not sold on when you look at everyone uh, in the group so far. I'm just like, I just don't think it's any of them. I think Phoebe, I know it's not Phoebe. I just don't have any thoughts of her at all as being you know that type of of course watch it'll be phoebe in the end um it'll right. completely throw me but i just don't believe that it's her um i think rolled is dangerous but i don't think he's the killer i don't think he cares enough um and i don't any of any of the others would care so i don't know i i'm curious though do you have thoughts or theories are you do you want to share share them with us or is that one of your points <clears throat> It's not like really, it's, it's hard because yeah, I really don't have like a prime suspect right now. I don't either. And I hate that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Cause <laughs> I said, anytime I feel like, Oh, it could be. They're like, no, now it's either too obvious or, or they've, they've done other things to sway me away from it. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm still maybe I Nadia too. I mean, she's not part of the friend, friend group, but if it's going to be someone mm-hmm. that like we've seen here in this season, then I'm I'm not totally uh, writing her off. And there's still people online that have held on to this crazy theory that love is still alive and it's her. So. Oh, what? <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't think I'm going to buy in on that one anytime soon. I haven't but... <laughs> seen that. I have not seen that. Uh, well, well, because you know what? She was freaking fun. You say what you <laughs> want about love. She definitely brought a whole, like, refreshing, you know, uh, air to the to the series. And she was fun. Yeah. Even in like, the I, last I season. Am in, yeah, like, I'm, I'm really enjoying this show and this season a lot right now. But, but yeah, of course, I, I will always miss seeing some Victoria Pedretti on my screen. It's oh, always great. great to have her there. So. <laughs> I agree. I think she's fantastic. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I'd think about that if that turned out to be true. But it's an interesting, interesting theory. <laughs> um, I'd like to hear how she survived right. that fire and that poison. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, who knows? This show's so freaking twisty. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know either. Like I said, I've I've thrown out my theories. I I don't know that they're they're right or not. I just don't feel like it's anyone. Maybe an exception to Reese, because I still feel he's pretty sus, because he's one that we still know very, very little about, and he's very mysterious, not in the group that often. Um, So maybe, but as far as like who we had in this episode, I don't think it was any of them at mm-hmm. all. Yeah, um, it's hard to hang on to anyone. Yeah. Uh, What's your next point? Um. Is it my turn now? I yeah, because mine was just um, uh, I had a point. Well, s- short about my suspect list or my non-suspect okay. list. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next one, kind of another, short and sweet. Myself, just something again because what you brought up earlier the the title of the episode and where we were at last week. Like, what is what is that? <laughs> it's not some 
Britishism I've never heard. It is Hampsey, Lady Phoebe's country home, our country house. That's how they said it. Uh, so that, that answers what that is. Um, I do notice it probably means absolutely nothing, but there is a similarity of when Phoebe says, you know, you have to come, you know, and he goes, well, I, then I would love to, which is exactly the way he said that to Kate in an earlier episode when she invites him to Sundry House and says, oh. you know, Phoebe really wants you there. You have to be there because Phoebe wants you there. And I, You're right. And he's like, well, then I would love to. Like, it's just, I, again, I don't think it means much of anything, but I, I did pick up on it. He responded almost the exact same way. You're right. Uh, <laughs> um, so then, yeah, the point really just to Hampsey is just like, how do you get ready for a party? How does Joe get ready for a party? A weekend getaway at a country home. <laughs> um, <clears throat> he's got a unique trick of... <laughs> taking the label off of a super expensive bottle of wine that his neighbors threw out after drinking and putting it on whatever bottle he had, which probably a great trick. Cause let's be honest, nobody, most people aren't even going to be able to tell the difference. No, uh, <laughs> no not at all. I love that. I love that Unless hilarious. you're like super like, you know, wine snob, sommelier kind of person. Yeah, you're not going to know. You're not going to be able to tell. I'm the like, they don't know they're drinking wines. barefoot right now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're going to take a trip to the little country house. And by that, I mean massive gated mansion equipped with a full staff and security. Um, yeah. <laughs> Where Joe made sure to bring a special book with him for this trip, which contains the garot hidden within. Uh, so he's prepared. So that's, yeah. So when he gets that note telling him to meet in the portrait gallery, he thinks it's go time. Uh, ends up not being the kind of go time he thought it was, but it was some kind of go time for somebody. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so he was prepared for, I mean, he's he seemed very sure even when he was leaving his flat. He's just like, after this weekend, I'm going to be done with you. Like, he's fully, like, the murderer is going to be one of the people that's there, and I'm going to kill him mm -hmm. this weekend. Like, he's on that train. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, so, yeah, that's really all the point. It's just, like, the preparation. And then the party at weekend at Hampsey itself, I do have to point out a murder mystery party with all of your friends right after two of those friends in that group have literally just been murdered. Can't think of a worse time to have that kind of thing. But, can't let you know. it kill the mood, man. <sighs> I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's been planning this one. I <laughs> Got to do it anyway. Everyone just needs a break uh, and needs a release. Mm -hmm. So let's have a good murder mystery. I do think it's funny that, you know, this season is a murder mystery in itself. And then they have a whole mm -hmm. episode about a murder mystery yeah. <laughs> theme party. <laughs> So it's like a mis uh, you know, mystery within a mystery. So yeah. it's funny. I, I read that this uh, country estate, Hampsey, uh, in the show, as it's called, it's actually called Nebworth House. Uh, and it is, uh, it's about an hour outside of England. And it's actually been used for a couple of productions, including movies like Paddington 2 and Nanny McPhee. Hmm. So um, they... Uh, filmed there for a bit they said it was everything we needed and we were so lucky so i thought that was super cool um you can actually if you are in that area um they actually have it open for like tours it's open to the public uh so I, I guess they say um to 
figure it's going to be like a day trip. And I think it opens, they said it opens its park and gardens officially in March. So, hey, hmm. if, you're, if you're planning on being in the area, you should go check it out. It looks <laughs> I thought you were like trying to plan a podcast trip. <laughs> um, you know, I've struggled to get our float trip off the uh, ground, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I'm still hoping to plan one day. And yeah. one day I'll get to fruition. But, hey, why not? Let's, let's, let's go to Hampsey. Yeah. Have a party, murder mystery party. Why not? Looks like the perfect place. Just no, no hunting in the woods or pushing people out of windows, please. No, no. <laughs> we'll, we'll try not to push anyone out of a window, but definitely no hunting mm-hmm. um, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. If anyone's interested uh, in going, it's a real place. Um, nice. Uh, let's see. One of my, I think I've only got one left and maybe a couple of notes. Um, so you, you were talking earlier about the end with Gemma. Uh, but you know, I don't think she's dead. Really? Yeah. I, because it seems to, well, one, if she is, I don't think Kate did it. Uh, but I wonder if it's part of this murder mystery weekend. They were all being assigned because uh, I know there's like, oh, we got to figure out who killed uh, Lady Phoebe. Right. Uh, and they were all being assigned weapons. And it sounds like it was kind of playing out like Clue a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I wonder. Is that why Roald had the candlestick? Yeah, Roald had, you said you called it. Roald had the candlestick right. <laughs> in, in the library. Um, but I don't. I. I don't know if she's really dead. I wonder if it's more of a murder mystery weekend because, again, I don't think the killer's there. I don't think it's any one of them. So, and I certainly don't think it was Kate, even though she openly said she really, like, she she believes that she hates Gemma, like, she doesn't like her. I don't mm-hmm. think it would be enough for her to want to kill her, um, much less be this eat the rich killer. Um, so I don't, I don't think she's dead. I think it's part of the murder mystery weekend um, party Mm. that they're having. I hope not, because I don't want any more of that. (laughs) Look, no. I've had enough with Gemma. (laughs) I could not agree more. (laughs) Again, and I say it because it's fiction that we're talking about and not a real person. But I definitely was not sad that she was dead. Whenever I saw her, I was like, good. Right. (laughs) Nothing against the actress. I'm sure she's a wonderful person but Gemma, the fictional character on the tv show we're talking about goodbye please <laughs> yes I, I i wouldn't be uh mad if i'm wrong that she's dead i'll say yeah. that because she's a, a terrible person we've mm. talked a lot about why but i i do want because i just i don't think anyone there is the killer so therefore i don't mm-hmm. think um that she's dead or at least, you know, I, I know I'm still working off the Joe theory, but he, we know it wasn't him. So I don't, I don't think she's, I don't think she's dead. I think we're just. Interesting. I wouldn't, I never thought of that, but we will see. Yeah, I'm hoping to find out when we're, when, when we wrap here, you know, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of, it was hard to not like keep going as usual to not let it play through. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I could be wrong, but. um. Yeah, we'll see. Um, any other points? 
Yeah, I've got one more. Okay, uh, go for it. I'll call it uh, Joe and Kate plus eight <laughs> different signals being sent at once. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Joe, Joe and Kate, uh, which I guess it could be John and Kate technically, really, if he's got Jonathan. Um, yeah, John, <laughs> Jonathan. Um, but yeah, another episode, uh, another time Joe just stares at Kate through the windows. Uh, at God. least this time he's not acting shocked that she sees him. He just won't uh, stop. <laughs> Dude has got a problem. Yeah, but so they, they get to Hampsey, and only Kate can say in some form the words, you know, we for sure will not be having sex. And she says it in a way that makes you think, well, either we won't, but also now I think we 100% will. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, you're so having sex. <laughs> Get over yourself. This, this Kate-Joe sexual tension dynamic is the weirdest thing. She is as easy to read as a book that's been set on fire. <laughs> uh, you know, like, it, I don't know. Um, but they have some great moments. I love after she talks to Roald and then Joe's kind of, you know, snooping around a little bit, like talking to her, you know, trying to trying to find some little clues or something about how she knows rolled and how far they go back. But like, he goes, are you very close? And I love her response. Why? Will there be a duel? <laughs> I did laugh at that. That was funny. It's very yeah. good. Uh, so again, you just feel like she's like going over there to tell him we're not having sex. I don't want anything to do with you. It's like, are you just being mean to him and telling him that? Or it's like, are you, is it coded language of like, we're definitely not. Wink, wink, wink. Like, what? which one of these things is it? What are you trying to do? I think she's just trying but to convince see, herself. Right. Yeah. yeah, but then at breakfast, whatever, the next day, she willingly sits right next to him. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, wow, how things have changed. Usually she would be the far opposite end of the table. But she's the one that chose to sit right there next to Joe. So, interesting. Um, and then, yeah, it's just this whole tension throughout the episode every time they're alone together things get heated and i'm just like yeah there's nothing more sexy than going on about how you should stop the whole time you're doing things um <laughs> which and maybe i don't know it seems to work for them so seriously maybe there is nothing sexy i don't know maybe that's for some people that's what that's what works is <laughs> just telling yourself no the whole time i guess um yeah you do you uh <laughs> <laughs> nice play <laughs> uh and then we start learning yeah kate comes from a lot more money than she's let on roll is rolled is picking her apart for not telling joe and that she's acting better than the others because she pretends she's not like them Gemma tell you know saying why you didn't you tell him even going to call joe hey, well he's a no one why would oh god i know uh, jesus and it was just, it was getting very tense, but then, yeah, that awkward conversation got cut off when Phoebe came in doing her reenactment of Glass Onion. So that was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they talk later on, Joe and Kate do, and yeah, Kate's father is definitely a terrible, terrible human being. No wonder she pretends he doesn't exist and does anything she can to avoid any connection to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but through that conversation, Joe lets some real vulnerability slip out towards Kate, you know, about his past as a curse and this feeling of never being able to, uh, to escape it. And again, to 
her and even within his own head, he is back to referring to Kate as her. Yep. (laughs) Heard that. So there's still like, there's a focus. It's still not the main focus. It's not the you, but it is the her. She's back in the picture. He's kind of still, you know, there's this obsession there a little bit. He's, I think, falling for her, but it's not like his obsession or his you, you know, like, like you've Mm -hmm. said, and like we mentioned before, like where this season you is this stalker, but I do think he's falling for kate for sure yeah 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 as we see you know when he's hobbling back into the (laughs) the (laughs) castle uh yeah and he hears that scream and then realizes kate's not down in the party and so he follows the scream to find kate kneeling over the bloody body of Mm jemma which with a knife in her hands uh cliffhanger dun 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 but again Going by the rule that if I'm led to think it's somebody, then it's not. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. We don't know. Um, but if she is, I don't think it was Kate. I think if if she really is dead, Kate found her. But then if it is, then, oh, God, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm pissed because I can't figure it out. So right. I'm just mad. Just mad. Because I want to know. Can't get there fast enough. And gosh, we've still got six more episodes to go. Right. What's going to happen? So there's a lot that can happen, especially in this show. This show can definitely move yeah. and twist very quickly. Yeah. And and pivot hard when it needs to. So who knows what the hell can happen in six um, six episodes. Hopefully Roll will be the next to die. If, if Gemma really is dead, then we got her out of the way. It'll be rolled because he just he sucks. <laughs> awesome. Um, I think I just have. Do I have any notes? I was looking through because I think we probably talked about. A, oh, I have a couple. Um, do you have any other points or just notes before I jump jump in? Um, I've got. One note, one extra note, which was just my theory last week at the end of the episode for the cliffhanger was sort of close, uh, where I was just like, oh, it's probably just going to be this. Because, yeah, the you police were on it. literally yeah. sh- showed up to tell him that his info about, you know, on Simon concerning Blue was spot on. And they just wanted to know if he had any more pertinent information. And the others were looking at him the way they were just wondering what info he has and because they were mostly pretty drunk so yeah and just attached and just you know yeah assholes yeah you were on it you were right i was like yeah you called it uh that it turned out to just be nothing they were there just to grill everyone not not Mm -hmm. just joe yeah and then uh music section i enjoy just kind of looking that up just to see Mm -hmm. again it it's not really followed as well as uh the first episode there is a lot in this one but not as a lot that like stand out but uh yeah when he's switching the label on the wine bottle there's a song called hollow by savon uh at the club where adam is talking to his accountant on the double by dj crush is playing in the club uh at the estate there's a bunch of just like mozart and handel and 
well, you know, just a lot of classical music. Appropriate um, for the occasion and the location. Right. Uh, when Phoebe and Joe kind of having that first seduction moment, a song called Love is a Bitch by Two Feet is playing, which I enjoy Two Feet. Pretty good artist. Uh, <laughs> when the footmen carry in the dead Phoebe. Uh, <laughs> song called Jerma's Lament by Carl Hector and the Malcoons. And then when Phoebe's explaining the rules of the game, well, we got a little bit of Billy Idol playing, Dancing With Myself going on in the room. Uh, and then when Ab- uh, Phoebe notices Adam talking to the other guy, a little blondie, Heart of Glass. We've had that one on a- another show that we've talked about before. <laughs> yeah. She's up. You're rocking the blondie shirt. Wear my blondie <laughs> yeah. shirt today. That's I love it. Yeah. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Like the main ones to really point out. So yeah. And then, yeah. Cause then there's a lot of just kind of random classical music and stuff that's thrown in that I don't need to go through the whole, nah. you know, number, blah, blah, blah of this kind of thing. Like, <laughs> A bunch of names I can't pronounce. Uh. <laughs> For real. Yeah. No, but that's good. A lot more music than what we've had in the last episode or two. So love yeah. that. Yeah. And they make pretty good choices, inappropriate um, mm-hmm. for whatever's happening there. So that's good that they kept that up. Yeah, it's some good stuff this week. Thanks for calling them out. Um, I like learning about some of the new ones. I get stuck in my old school rock so good to be exposed to some new stuff every now and again cool um gosh the only few notes that i have that we haven't already talked about i loved when they first arrived at the country house um phoebe looked like Cher from clueless uh in her outfit uh Hmm. go back and look uh everyone (laughs) i'm right uh she's definitely got um one of Cher's outfits you know the 90s are coming back or this might have been early aughts. Damn, I can't remember. I'm so old, I can't remember. Um, but I love Clueless um, and love that movie. But yeah, she looked like Cher. Um, it's a good call out. Um, I think that was it. Um, there was another kind of ironic line when Joe is saying about the birds when they're out, uh, in quotes, hunting. Um, he says they keep them in a cage and release them to be shot. It's deranged. <laughs> I'm like, um, <laughs> w- yeah. what's deranged about keeping them in a cage, Joe? Oh, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe. What kind of monster would do that to a living thing? Yeah. <laughs> monster. Uh, and I think, yep, that's that's all my notes. We've I've already called them out as we were talking as as they were coming up. So that's all that I have. I think that's great. I'm excited for the next one. Yeah, can't wait. I want to find out if Gemma's really dead. Um, I mean, other things too, but um, I, I have to know. Um, because I, I won't be mad either way. Um, all right. So that takes us into listener feedback. Do you want to take that one for me? All right. We have one from Don Elizabeth. There's a find that I'm getting bored with these rich entitled snobs, but I'm still invested in the show. Joe is just so enjoyable for a raging sociopath. (laughs) 
Rima, I'm holding on to your mentioning the last season's characters seem to be brainless as well, but sort of blossomed later on. That Gemma is the worst, but I guess we don't need to be concerned about her any longer. Unless this is part of the game? Doesn't look like it, though. I was glad to get the game of Clue, since so many of us thought that that's what the season was looking like. And, what's an, and what an amazing estate. I really do enjoy this season's settings. Although I keep getting thrown out of the action, wondering why people don't have curtains or lock their doors. Why wouldn't you lock an adjoining door? <laughs> at least at first. Maybe not now that Joe and Kate can't keep away from each other. Also, when Joe was pushed out of the window, I find it hard to believe he wasn't hurt at all from the crash into the hedge. I am terrible at figuring out mysteries, so keep thinking that you is first this person, then this other one. Right now, I'm thinking it's Phoebe, hmm. although I have no evidence to support, to just support this idea. Looking forward to hearing what you, Pink, and the other listeners have to say. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Don. It's, it's, I'm getting um, enjoyment from so many things, but man, it is hard to be, you know, having to have this interaction with these rich assholes. Mm-hmm. Um. Because, yeah, they're just gross. Thanks, Dawn. Really appreciate um, you writing in. Uh, we got quite a few voicemails this week, so yeah. let's um, get into those. I'm thrilled to see so many. I love hearing y'all's voices, getting to put um, some names to those voices. So um, let's get to it. First one we have is from our friend Steve Brown. All right. Hello, Strange Indeed. This is Steve. And this is for uh, season four, episode four. I had to watch the previously on this time to, to make sure I was caught up and understood what was going on. But of course, we pick up right where the last episode left off with the police approaching him. Oh, so Kate is on the phone with somebody she doesn't want to talk to. Her father, maybe? Okay, so Adam owes a lot of money. <laughs> she just called him boring and said, oh, I'm joking, but do better. I- did he just pick, just randomly pick the book that had the girl out in him? I don't understand. <laughs> so Phoebe's a 10, but nobody wants her until they have her. And now we're hunting with Joe and, oh, who is this guy? Oh, Rold Stewart. What are they hunting? Quail? Oh, so now Rold Stewart knows uh, who Katie wants to be with, and she wants to be with Joe. Okay, so now we're seeing the conversation between Rold and Katie. Do, do we see much of uh, not Joe's? perspective in this ep- this show i'm i'm confused interesting so joe can't do cufflinks i've never been able to do cufflinks either uh, just a side note okay so katie and joe just had a quickie before the gathering oh and now everyone suspects jonathan and katie's coming to his defense oh so now has phoebe designed a murder mystery night for this group huh oh so it seems that katie does not like the uh, group she runs with Oh, and we see that Katie is richer than everybody else, but on her father's side. Dang, he just pushed Joe out of a window. What the hell? Far? What? <laughs> Love the legal one. I'm getting too old for this. Oh, okay, Kate standing, oh, sitting over a dead body. Um, wow. Episode five. Here we go. Woo. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> <laughs> That was great. Thanks, Steve. Happy to hear from you. Yeah, there's a lot going on and a lot to keep up with, so I get it. Um, All right. Next, we have one from Jim. 
Hey, Rima and Peg, this is Jim from Raleigh. I'm sending a message for Season 4, Episode 4, Hampsies of You. My first message to the show. Full disclosure, I've not yet listened to your You Season 4 episode, so I'm sort of coming in blind. So I'm just going to give you a couple of notes off the top about the whole season before I dive into this episode. Number one, I love the change of pace. I love the murder mystery aspect. I'm watching Poker Face right now and just watched Glass Onion, um, those Ryan Johnson vehicles, and I absolutely adore that this is sort of following down that same path in a U style. So it is different, but the same, and I absolutely adore it. I also love the pacing of the show, and I'm curious to go back and listen to the podcast. I hope people feel the same way. It's definitely a slow burn. Things are happening in every episode. And I do hate saying the onion, you know, motif here, but I like how we're peeling a little bit um, at a time from episode to episode to learn about these characters. I think it's on purpose because, you know, Joe in past seasons, uh, he's despicable. So let's just get that out of the way. But (laughs) he comes in the season still looking, you know, for, you know, his obsession from past season which has him really kind of slow burning with Kate. And that brings me to episode four. The thing I like the most about this episode is how we are really seeing Joe for the first time, not Joe, Jonathan for the first time, maybe accidentally falling in love. And I think that it's interesting to see his character almost humanizing without him realizing and he's so focused on who the killer is and you know still with his past obsessions that he's actually falling in love with Kate uh I listen dude has to die by the end of this I'm not being fooled I'm not falling (laughs) into the Negan trap here but I do like that they're adding this element to the story because it makes Jonathan Joe that much more interesting as we head towards series finale Uh, So I really, really enjoyed that. I also love the way that it ended, Kate holding the knife, and the twists that can come out of this. I mean, is she the killer? Do we have another love situation from season two and three? Or did she walk in on it and pick up the knife? Or did she hate her so much, get put into a situation, and then kill her because she's just a rude, obnoxious bitch? (laughs) I don't know. Here's the deal. I think Nadia did it. I think she's the who. I mean, the you. Holy cow. I think she's the you, but I don't know. The person who bumped into him was someone who was tall with long hair, but it looked like a wig. So maybe it's Reese. But I think my theory here is that it's Nadia who um, was, I think, the first person we saw this season um, sitting in that room. And I would love the twist of her being the one who, who who done it? Um, but I don't actually know. I like the way they're telling the story. I'm going to end it there. This is way too long. I apologize. Keep up the great work. And all right, I'm going to watch episode five and try to send a shorter one in next time. Keep up the great work. Peace. That was great. Thanks, Jim. That was awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much. Great to hear from you. I hope we do hear from you more. Yeah. Don't let that. Some really good thoughts. To be the um, last time that. Uh, you're right. And that was really, really great. Thanks, Jim. Um, yeah, I know. I, t- you know, um, I've 
you'll have to go back and listen. I hope hope that you go listen. Um, I've been kind of leaning towards Nadia too, if not Joe, then I feel like it's uh, maybe her. But I'm kind of all over the place, so. Thanks for sending in your voice message. Let's see, who else have we got on the roster, if I can get there already? Next one is from Jody. Let's see what Jody has to say. Okay, so hi, Rima and Peg. This is Jody from Canberra, Australia here. I wanted to give you my thoughts uh, just on you season four overall without spoilers, no spoilers here. I just want to talk about Joe's alleged psychopathy as it's been displayed this season. Um, I haven't listened to your coverage yet. It's in my queue to start tomorrow and I can't wait to hear what you have to say. I love you guys. Love your podcast. Oh, come to think of it, you've probably already thought of everything I'm about to say. Um, well, okay, I've prepared something. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it out to you, but if you've already covered this, don't worry about playing this because I'm sure you've, already, you've probably already gone over all of this. Okay. I really feel like this season, the writers are clearly demonstrating that it doesn't matter who it is, Joe always needs to fixate on someone. And it's, it's usually someone near him rather than someone he's genuinely interested in. And he makes up that interest as he goes along. We saw this like a tiny bit in episode one of season three with Natalie. There was nothing in common there at all, but Joe fixated on her and tried to create something in common. Um, I'm just pointing this out because I feel like in the first three seasons, for the most part, this hasn't been obvious at all. In season one, Joe fixated on Beck. She's a writer. He loves stories and books. He wants to shepherd her towards being who he is supposed to be, a successful writer, like Mr. Mooney did for him in instilling his love of books. It's actually quite a genuine connection that they have. In season two, Joe fixated on love when they were both healing from their previous relationships. They connect with each other really genuinely by grieving these relationships together and sharing that with each other. Of course, we later find out that they both killed their former partners and that's another point of connection. But see, again, there's genuine connection on both sides. In season three, Joe fixated on Marianne and they bond over their mutual trauma around their experiences of abusive relationships. Again, it's a genuine point of connection between the two of them. This fixation that Joe has on Kate this season, season four, it's different to all of those who've come before. It's more like his fixation on Natalie, the next door neighbor in season three. There's no genuine connection there. He tries to create one like he did with Natalie by emphasizing that she's the only one of the friend group who works. So therefore they have a connection because he's lower class as well, blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't really work like his other connections, which were more genuine and based on more genuine experiences have. I've been thinking about this for the past week or so since I watched the episodes because I feel like this is the first time the show is demonstrating that this is actually really a serious mental health issue like antisocial personality disorder, narcissism and codependency, or maybe it's an attachment disorder of some kind. It's just never been so obvious that Joe just fixates on the nearest person than it is in season four. Anyway, I can't wait to hear what you guys think. I'm really looking forward to listening to you guys tomorrow morning. Love you. I'm a long-time listener, and I always will be. Aww. Aww, <laughs> Jody. Thank you. It was um, – it's so great to hear her voice. I haven't heard it since um, our uh, finale trip in, yeah, she's, in San Francisco. 
yeah, she wins some big points for being one of the, and not the only one, there were a few, but making the trip from Australia to come hang out with us in San Francisco. Like, wow. I, the frequent flyer awesome. miles she must have accumulated. <laughs> yeah. um, I love, Jody, that you took the time to piece all that together. I don't know that, I don't think I've said any of that. Have we said any of that? So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't think you've repeated anything that, so. that we've said as far as those connections. I, but I like it makes so much sense when you put all that together. Thanks, Jody. That was a great analysis. I don't think I've ever looked at yeah. it like season by season. I mean, we've, we've talked about, right, obviously those characters and Joe's obsessions, but not like that, not looking like where we mm-hmm. are now and kind of looking back to season one and, and the, the objects of his obsessions, you know, Beck and love and then, you know, Natalie and Marianne and now this season, um, I don't know if Kate is his full-on obsession, but definitely I think he's falling for her. She's not his you. But that was so great. Jody. it's wonderful to hear from you again. Um, thank you so much for um, uh, sending in your voice message. Send us some more. Love it. Um, next one um, we have is from Gail. I also have to note while I'm queuing up her... Um, voice message she sent us i'll send send them to you pate because um i don't know if you have um or can see them in our email but she sent some lovely pictures of her birds that also Ooh, make yeah, guest appearances those. so <laughs> love that hi Rima and pate on this week's episode of and then there were none we moved to an isolated location ambridge house with most of the key players in tow in the original novel, a terminally ill judge carries out a final act of justice and mayhem by executing 10 people who he believes have escaped justice. The themes of unpunished crimes, callous disregard for human life, the basement of other human beings, and the pointed choice between accepting responsibility and doing better, or watching Earth burn from a view on Mars, is about as unsubtle as Thor's hammer. Let's take a peek. Adam is hilariously cringeworthy. He is deeply conflicted over the best ways to get his needs met. He will not be without money. So, can he give up his extracurriculars and bite the bullet to marry Phoebe? After all, what's love got to do with it? While not the worst of the worst, he does make the viewer hanker for a little schadenfreude at his expense. Roald has no conflict. He has drunk deeply of the Kool-Aid and sees himself his friends, and Kate, as materially different than and superior to the unwashed masses. He can barely contain his jealousy over Kate and his anger that she just won't accept the truth and get on with marrying him and popping out more, quote, superior, unquote, beings. Phoebe displays the least harmful version of narcissism. She is a perfect 10, yet can't understand why she can't connect with Adam and why all her lovers eventually flee her. Props to Phoebe's hilarious sex dungeon, replete with functional wax models of all the dicks she's loved before. She targets Joe, (laughs) who should not be able to resist her due to the power and beauty imbalance, in order to get a little jolt of affirmation that everyone still wants her. Joe does resist and starts to be a good friend to her. Then, Joe being Joe, he sells Phoebe ranch land in Florida and hopes the lie lasts for the duration of the weekend. Gemma is a malignant narcissist. 
She delights in sadistically abusing and debasing people in vulnerable positions for her amusement. In short, she is the worst. The writers make us react with revulsion to her, ensuring that she is the next victim. Otis points to Gemma, though, that even she noticed that Joe is seriously weird. I wonder if the killer is offing victims the way I off a box of chocolates. I start with the least appealing, I mean, come on, all chocolate is appealing, but an orange cream just can't compete with a chocolate-dipped, salted, semi-soft caramel or a chocolate-dipped candy ginger. In short, I work my way up the pleasure pyramid. Assuming the killer has similar inclinations, Gemma is only third on that list. So first, Malcolm, he sleeps with students and blackmails people for money. Second, Simon, steals the work of budding artists and hooks them on life-destroying drugs to remove their credibility. And now Gemma, who is horribly racist, classist, abusive, and cruel. Makes you wonder what else the people on this killer's lists have done. If in fact Reese is a real person, I would wager he is going to be near the top of that list. He has already intimated to Joe that he has done some truly dreadful things. I kind of want to know in a macabre way, just maybe not with too much detail. Note, the only mention of Reese is a throwaway line from Gemma during dinner. Damn these writers. They are giving a hint that he is real in each episode, but not in a way that is definitively not part of Joe's delusional state. Joe, of course, has escaped justice at every turn for most of his life. While he gives lip service to wanting to be different, that's all it is. He gives in, Kale's surprise, to his fixation on Kate. Her family story fuels his perception of her as special and kindred. This is not the kind of attention anyone wants from Joe. The writers flirt with Joe experiencing some justice. Roald may have just have been about to create a hunting accident. And he later follows through with violently defenestrating Joe. Which makes me wonder, maybe Reese is not at the top of the despicable list. Maybe it is Joe. Side note, I checked out Gossip Girl after you mentioned that Penn Badgley became famous through this show. It's cute. But I literally screamed at my screen when Chase Crawford, Nate, appeared on the screen. The only place I know him from is as the deep on the boys. Think a dim and deeply disturbed, pun intended, version of Aquaman. Every time he tried to kiss Blair, I screamed, no! He engages in the octopus love that knows no name. Thanks for the podcast. Talk to you next week. Gail. <laughs> Great. I get it. I knew Chase Crawford from Gossip Girl. So then seeing him in The Boys, and I was just like, um, excuse me? <laughs> Talk about a way different character. Um, yeah. That was really great, Gail. Uh, I'm really digging your analysis um, that you send us each week. I love the comparison of the chocolates to the victims. <laughs> that was great and thanks again for sharing pictures of of your birds um yeah they're absolutely adorable um so i love that thank you everyone that took the time to write in or send voice messages keep it coming that might be um 
uh, we might have had that many before, like with Stranger Things, but we don't often get that many voice messages. So y'all just keep sending them in. I I am here for it. Um, so yeah, keep keep letting us know. We've got one more episode of this half of um, season four. So um, I think we're all going to be hanging on the edge of our seats until part two comes out. Um, so thank you. Um, next week, we're going to be covering season four, episode five of You titled The Fox and the Hound. Mm, mm, mm. Sounds like maybe more, is there more hunting maybe? I don't know. What kind of hunting? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No no descriptions Some this week, so I don't know what to expect. Um, and as a reminder, we've talked a couple of times about uh, the second part of season four. Just a reminder, that returns March 9th on Netflix. I think that's a Thursday, I think, if I have my days right. Um, for the remaining five episodes. So, as I mentioned, we'll be actually uh, kind of on time for maybe a day or two. We normally record on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll be recording that week, um, and our episode five will come out the same week that the second half comes out. So, Perfect. it'll just go right into each other. It's exciting. Can't wait. If you would like to write in or leave us a message or a voicemail like so many people did, which was awesome, you can find all that contact information over at podcastica.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows. There's, um, gosh, Mandalorian is coming up this week. I know. Uh, gosh. I'm in this state of trying to decide whether I'm going to stay up till 2 a.m. to watch the premiere or not, because I have things I have to do in the morning. but. But it is the Mandalorian. This is the way. What is the way? I don't know. I'm just <laughs> watching the Mandalorian. That is the way. Um, yeah. that's that's all I know. Yeah, I I know I will not be. That's on. Um, what is it like a Thursday? Is it or what day is it? It's tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. So it would drop tonight as we're recording this. So yeah, yeah. Late. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Not if I want to get up in the morning. But, you know, you can always uh-huh. count on um, Jason and Chris and Rich to break that down. I know they're super stoked for the new season yeah. and to cover that. So I think they did um, like a, a wrap up or pre season mm-hmm. three um, episode. So check that out if you want to like get caught up and all the the high points of um, the Mandalorian um, and get ready for their coverage of that. Um, gosh, what else is out there? Nineteen twenty three cast. If you're, I know that the finale of nineteen twenty three just aired. Uh, I love that show, so I'll definitely be checking that out. It's really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. really digging that. Um, the extraordinary cast with uh, Penny and Greg. They've got some great stuff going on over there. And then Murder Magnets, a poker face podcast. Um, Jim earlier, who sent in his voice message, mentioned that. It's also being covered here on Podcastica. Um, and hey, Run for Your Lives is on Podcastica yeah. as well. So you can check out them. Take yes. what do you and Daphne have going on this week? Yeah. Well, since you're talking about 1923, uh, the connection there. So yeah. Um, me and Daphne are taking our first foray into the world of Taylor Sheridan uh, over on Run For Your Lives. We're doing his, uh, we covered his 2021 movie, Those Who Wish Me oh, Dead, yeah. starring Angelina Jolie and John Bernthal, Aidan Gillen, Nicholas Holt, Finn Little from Yellowstone. Um, 
yeah, it's it was a fun one. It's kind of very more of an action thriller, but it's got mm-hmm. some some tension to it, and it's all based around a raging forest fire. So, yeah, <laughs> lots of great stuff and very Sheridan tension and action. So, if you're a fan of you have Yellowstone and that world and stuff that he's built, and you haven't seen that movie, you should definitely check that out and then check out our coverage over on Run for Your Lives. Yeah, that dude uh, has his hands into everything. He's definitely building a universe over there um, with Yellowstone and the spinoffs. And he's had some really great screenplays as well. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've seen seen that movie. It was pretty interesting. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. It's fun yeah. yeah. And then, so yeah, go check out that and all those other shows. And while you're doing that, make sure your podcast player or listener of choice to follow, subscribe whatever it is that you can do over there, leave your reviews, leave your ratings, all of those things helps us out a lot. Yeah. Tell all your friends and please. And thank you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. That is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time. I'm Rima. And I'm Bate. And Jim from Raleigh is strange indeed.